quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. We are going to have our first online book group. We are reading Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. And on December 2nd, we will have our first online meeting. It'll just be a threaded discussion. So I'm going to post questions that will lead us into a discussion. And we are going to deeply move into how to heal from distant, rejecting or self-involved parents. And we will read for three weeks. And over those three weeks in a private Facebook group, we'll discuss this book at length. And I'm really excited about it. And this is like something I've wanted to read for a long time. And I just started and it's a great book. So if you want to join, Gemma's going to put the link in our show notes and please get a spot. We will be excited to see you there. When our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all, for the parent who feels like they have to yell to be heard, for the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you. We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting. Hey guys, we're back for another episode of the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Gemma and I'm here with Michelle. Hi Gemma, how are you? Doing well. How are you today? I'm doing great. You know what I just wanted to start off with and I didn't even tell you this is that I'm so appreciative for all of the sweet messages and comments and everyone's been so supportive, not just about the the podcast, but for sure about the podcast, people are loving it. But just in general, people have been so sweet, like, oh, this is changing my life. And I've, you know, I, I've, I've found so much peace. And I just feel like it's all worth it because you guys are out there cheering us on. So thank you. Yeah, ditto that. Yeah, it's really sweet. And everyone's been super supportive. So please, yes, continue. We love it. We love it all. We love all the encouragement. So send it our way, <laughs> especially in the form of a review on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, too. Um. And we were, yeah, no, we've been in the top 100 about three times on Stitcher and we were in the top 200 um, just once on iTunes, but we're um, pretty excited about that. So exciting. Yeah. Okay. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about new baby, bringing home your first baby, new baby when you already have a baby. You know, I think um, I was thinking about this today and I, and I thought about it, like imagine being the only child in a family. And of course, usually the first child, right? And that first child is just doted on and taken everywhere. And I mean, the first birthday party is always such a big deal. And like, you know, in our house, there were no other kids on all sides. Oh my gosh, like no no other grand, 
no other grandkids. Wow. And so, I mean, the grandparent attention was insane for Esme. I mean, she was the apple of our eye. We had to use fertility to get pregnant with her. So we wanted her so badly. And I mean, I poured every, I, I stopped working and I poured every ounce into her, you know, the breastfeeding and the organic baby food. And I mean, she was my world. And when we brought Pia home, that shook her up like none other. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I think we don't realize we're like, oh, everybody has a sibling. Our kid can have a sibling. This is what we all go through. Isn't this lovely? There's someone else for them to love and be with. And they're going to have a playmate. That's all well and good in our adult mind. But in a child's mind that has been the center of attention for maybe one, maybe two, maybe three years, that's a really hard thing to give up. And you really do feel like your connections broke. You really do feel like these caretakers who are supposed to take care of me, who I'm depending on for everything, are so busy with the new baby. So even if they say, oh, I love my brother, I love my sister, I'm so excited, I can't wait to have a baby, I want a sibling, and et cetera, et cetera, because I hear a lot of parents say, well, they really wanted a sibling. Well, they really are so excited about their brother and sister, and I'm sure they are, but there's probably a very conflicting feeling when you, you know, of course you want a brother or sister, your parents are so excited about it, your mom's pregnant, this is super exciting, but then the reality of it is that you have to share everything. And a newborn is a lot of work. And so the first kid or the second kid or the other kids are not getting near what they used to get. And so they might not say, hey, mom, I don't like the baby. It's taking up all my time, your time. But they might hug too hard or pinch when no one's looking or act out, be defiant. All kinds of behaviors start to crop up because they're not feeling well and the connection with you is ruptured. And so I see it all the time. People will say, I'm having a really hard time with my kid. And then I'll get in there with them and start talking and they'll say, well, he has a new brother. I'm like, okay, well, that's... that's <laughs> ding, ding, ding. ding yeah. <laughs> you won the magic prize. <laughs> you have. I'm just sitting here nodding because in my head while you're talking and your voice is so soft and I'm picturing the like professional photos, you know, where the sibling is kissing the little baby. And I'm like, that is what I thought it was going to be. And it it's not at all like I didn't feel like that. I mean, I was severely depressed when I brought home my second. So that played a factor. But Caleb was similar to Esme, just like showered in attention. And he was excited for Jonah to come. But then when he would poke his eye and stuff, I didn't understand. Like, I thought he was a demon. I'm like, why are you doing this? We both wanted this, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's easy. I mean, and I think that's it, too. It's like we say our kid wanted it, but they can't they don't have any idea what that really means. Yeah. Um, I remember a friend of mine when she had her first, she said, oh, well, we're trying for a second right away because, you know, our first really wants a brother. And I'm thinking, yeah. how are you? OK, are you, are you honestly telling me that you're taking the advice <laughs> of the two and a half year old? Yes. Okay, well, I mean, not that you shouldn't have one. You definitely can and should. But you definitely should know what you're getting yourself into. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I was like you. I was depressed after I had my second. And I wasn't able to nap. I wasn't able to take care of myself because I had the toddler. I had the three-year-old who was, you know, running around all over the place. And I didn't have time for her. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's a really big decision to have a second child. And I don't think we really quite realize the amount of time and care and effort it takes. So not only with the baby though, but the extra care that you now have to give the toddler to make up for what they lost, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And how do you do that? Like, I have a ton of people who always comment and, and message me and say, how am I supposed to do this when I have a nursing baby? And I'm like, I don't know, actually. Yeah. It's a really hard thing to have to do. And we just do it the best we can. And we're in a predicament and it's really difficult. And we just do the best we can to stay connected to that older child. And I think that is the big feat in all of this is how can I remain connected to my first or my first and my second or my first and my second and my third, whatever the case may be? How do I give them enough time and enough of me so that they don't want to act out so much? Now, there's going to be acting out regardless, you know, and so it's like, how do you curtail that? And I think for for me, the big, really big one is special time. And I know it's really hard, though. It's hard to, to find the time. And and how do you do it with a nursing baby? And how do you do it if you're a stay-at-home mom with two kids? Or how do you do it if you're a working mom with two kids? How do you do it, period? It's right. impossible. You just, I mean, I'd say you just do the very, very best you can. Get as much one-on-one special time that's announced and that is kid-driven. And if you can do it every day for 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, I'd say that's where I would start to get the connection back with the older kids. That's like when I met you where we were at, you know, where Caleb was. We were at our breaking point with him. I had a baby who like naps are just unpredictable. Who knows if you have time for special time. But once I implemented that, we started seeing changes. And then Caleb just warmed up as I calmed down because I used to say things like, shh, you're going to wake up the baby. Like, don't do that. Don't, you know, and I was always on him about his behavior. And once I was like, it's not the baby's fault. Like, We're all here together. You can still be loud. And that's life. Yeah, that is it too. And I think going from being a mom or a dad of one kid to a mom or a dad of two kids is a tremendous shift for us. And we have to give ourselves grace in that too, because that is a really hard thing to do is to parent two kids that are little or three kids that are little. Oh my gosh. I cannot imagine three. (laughs) Yeah. I have a lot of clients who have three and four kids and it's a, it's a lot. It's, you know, it's, you get really spread thin Mm -hmm. and uh, I, I feel for, for all of us. I mean, it's really difficult, but I think if we can be intentional about how we're going to connect with our older ones, it's not so much about you know, the, the amount of time you're spending, but that you're actually doing some time, some of the time. I think that's really important. And I think, um, Dan and I, I, we did it. I mean, it was not too late, but we did it really late in the game when we brought Jonah home, but we would start taking Caleb out separately on like little dates, you know, and even if it wasn't super special timey, it was still like, he got to feel like it used to be, you know, like it's just me in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Not the That's, baby. I did that too. I, I wasn't into hand in hand parenting. I wasn't into connective parenting. I hadn't gotten there yet when I had um, P and Esme. Not until Esme was in um, second grade. Mm-hmm. So I, and I remember distinctly saying, thinking in my head, like she needs, she must need me. And so I left her with, I left the baby with my dad for the first time. And I remember I took her out by herself and she was so happy (laughs) and just so needed it. And I, I wish I would have clued in more than that. I didn't Here I was thinking like, oh, I do it once. (laughs) We're all better (laughs) right now. (laughs) We're all good, right? Oh no, heck no. 
I remember like she every said, day. yeah, you need once every day. You really do yeah. because the disconnection keeps happening. They see you in the corner breastfeeding the kid for, you know, the baby for two or three or four different times mm-hmm. while they're just expected to be on their own. And it's, it's not fair. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's life. And that's part of learning that it's not fair, but it's hard on them. I think the other problem, I don't, I mean, I always say this country, I don't know if it's this country or all first world countries, but the lack of support, you know, when you bring home a baby and I honestly feel like there needs to be a hired person that like helps you through the first year, especially when you have two, because it's really not a one person job. It was never intended to be. And now your husband has gone all day or you have to go back to work and that's it. It's, it's just you. And I feel like it's impossible. It is. It it really is. I think you're right. Um, I think that it's a trap. We, you know, we used to live with our extended families forever. Right. And that was part of it. Like you would live with your parents and your grandparents. So there would always be somebody around who was helping with the kids. Mm -hmm. We were lucky growing up. My grandmother and grandfather lived down the street. Oh, and my so nice. aunt and uncle lived next door to them. Wow. So for us, we always had somebody around. And it was like, if so, if we needed picking up at the school, I knew somebody was going to be there. It wouldn't always be my dad, but I knew like somebody was going to get me. Mm-hmm. But we And I feel like we, we really are alone in our house and just expected to do it and do it right. And that's it. And there isn't a lot of support. And I think that's why these communities, you know, this peace and parenting community and all the people that I kind of interact with. It's so important to stay together and to be there for each other because there there is some sort of support. You know, at least it's an emotional support where you're right. feeling, like, you know, you can learn and you can feel heard and all that stuff. Or just like scream and cry to someone. Yeah. <laughs> what did I, I get myself into here? Well, that's part of it too. And I think it's like part of like, how do you take care of yourself in all this with a new baby yeah. and uh, another child? How do you take care of yourself enough so that you can take care of them because you're you're likely sleep deprived and you're likely emotional. You could have postpartum. There could be all th- kinds of things going on for you. And what do you do to keep yourself resourced enough right. to be able to connect with the older kid, stay up at night with the baby? It's a lot to ask any one or two people. It's mm-hmm. a lot. And dad somehow sleep through everything. So we did, um, we shared the, 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 the um, nights and days. We shared the night times. You know, I would breastfeed at night and then I would co-sleep. And then when she would wake up, this is when I had Pia, Mm -hmm. I would breastfeed again. And he was in the guest room and I would take her in her little bassinet and I would put her next to him when she was asleep. (laughs) And then he would do the next feeding. And so it was like everybody got, you know, five hours, which we thought was a lot. That's amazing, I think. It was, it was good. We figured it out. Finally, kid two, we figured it out because we had to, because somebody had to be okay and awake and whatever for us. And so we did figure that out. And he, my ex was so helpful in all that. He was really good about that stuff. And so, um, I think there are dads out there who do a lot of good nighttime, you know, um, parenting. Yeah. I just always felt guilty. I mean, I don't know if it's a mom thing or what, but I'm like, he has to get up and go to work. I'm going to let him sleep through it. But then the next day I would suffer all day. Yeah. I was like, no, we're doing this together. I can't because <laughs> then you're going to go and leave me. And I feel like the nights yeah. are torture. Yeah, they are. 
anyways, I digress. Um, but the other, the other thing I think is really important is to, when our kids are upset or having a hard time or not doing well, the older kids, when they have, when we have a younger child is to really listen through those upsets and to really listen to their kids' feelings and to really be there. I remember, um, as me said, after a couple days of Pia being around, she goes, mom, she took all my people. That's so sad. Oh my I was gosh. like, oh my gosh, the heart knife and the heart knife and the heart. What yeah. do I do? People were visiting the house and everybody wanted to see the baby. I had yeah. to email people and say, hey, when you come in, make sure you greet Esme first. I think that's a really important too, thing too is like telling your extended family like, hey, please make sure you're engaging and talking to and being with the older kid first before you come say hi to the baby and say how cute the baby is and really make that connection piece with the the older kids Mm -hmm. and then go see the baby. I used to on certain days I would call my mother-in-law. She's a three hour drive away, but she would come up for an entire day at a time and just stay at the house. But like, I was like the baby, you're not seeing the baby. You're not holding the baby. You were playing with Caleb. (laughs) The baby and I are going upstairs and this is like Caleb's day. Make it all about him. And yeah, she was really good about it. But I also wish that I would have, done half like handed the baby off and then done Caleb but I just back then I was like I'm breastfeeding I have to be with the baby (laughs) (laughs) you know but we get like that we don't know but yeah yeah yeah, it would have been good but at least you had the wherewithal enough to think like oh the child needs somebody (laughs) rather than (laughs) watching me feed his brother all day I know especially in the winter at least here we can't go outside it's like raining so he would just sit there I had two fall babies so Oh, geez. Everybody's sick. You can't have people over. You can't go outside. It's just yeah. hard. It is really hard. Um. So when she said that, you know, I wanted to talk it away. I wanted to be like, oh, no, she just, we didn't, yeah. she didn't take all your people. You're, you're fine. Look, we're here. Mommy loves you. Daddy loves you. But And I tried to talk her feelings away. I remember in the moment thinking like, I got to make her feel better. Let me tell her why she's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have just said, I'm sorry you feel like I understand. I get how that that makes so much sense as me. I understand, sweetie. I'm right here. You must be sad about that, you know, and just really leaned into her being upset about it. She also said days later, she said, I think she needs to go live with the neighbors (laughs) because we had this really sweet neighbor (laughs) and the daughter was 13 at the time and she was our um, our mother's helper. And so she said, just let her live with Aura, mom. Oh, my gosh. I was like, and instead of once again, instead of saying, I know that would be kind of nice if we could send her. She cries a lot, doesn't she? We could send her over to Aura's. Wouldn't that be nice? And just like empathize with her. I was like, oh no, she's your sister. She's staying here. You told me you wanted a sister, didn't you? Don't you love her? Isn't she so cute? Isn't she so sweet? Should we go play with the baby? And so then Esme's thinking, oh wow, I I don't, nobody's going to let me feel this way. I don't have a right to feel this way. I don't have... I'm, my mommy's talking my feelings away because they're not good. They're bad feelings. Don't you think and, this sets the stage for sibling rivalry too? Like we do it right there when we're like, nope, you have to love her. You wanted her. Shame on you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We're, we're, yep, yeah, for sure. We're telling them that you don't have a right to feel anything and they're going to end up taking it out on the kid that's making them feel that way, right? Right. Eventually my daughter, Esme was the queen of hugging too hard. Oh. You know, she 
it was, you know, and then I thought it was so sneaky and would get so upset. And I would, so like you said, setting it up for sibling rivalry, I would get up so upset because she was hugging the baby too hard. I would reprimand her, put her in timeout. She would get more angry and more upset. And then she would take it out on the baby again. Mm -hmm. So I guess in that moment too, we could say a good thing to to do would be like connect with Esme in that moment. When you see her hugging the baby too hard, you say, Oh, you want to, you want to come over here and play blocks with me? I've, I've come on, let's go do blocks. And you give her the attention that she's seeking and it's not negative. And now you're thwarting off that behavior. And it would have been so simple for me to do that, but I wanted to reprimand instead. And it just you're created- scared that they won't learn it. If you don't freak out about it, that's what I did. I would just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Like don't do that until he was like, fine. I hate him now. I hate him. And and I you. did that. Yes. And me. <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't hate anybody. He just felt crappy. Yeah. Yeah. He okay. felt there was nowhere to go. Yeah. There's nowhere for I him to go. I read somewhere. I don't know how you feel about this, but because of Caleb always poking Jonah's eye, I was reading, like, how do I make him stop? Like, what can I say? And somewhere I read, like, if he's poking the eye, say, oh, we don't touch baby's eyes, but let's... No, I already feel like this is... No, but... Like it was, Wait, I think other people will have the same question, so go it ahead. It just said, like, it was saying other things they could do with the baby. Like, you can touch right. the baby's fingers. We can count them, stuff yeah. like that. But, I mean, it didn't really work for me, so I don't know. But yeah. it's at least better than yelling. No, totally. I think... Th- I mean, I think the sentiment is right, right? You know, like, yeah. we want to do nice things with the baby. But I think what would be better is, like... Don't focus on the baby. Focus on the connection with the child who's having the disconnection because the baby's what's causing all the disconnection. So we don't want to focus on like giving more attention to the baby. The baby already has all this attention, right? Yeah. yeah. So I would think like if I could just get connected to that child, just he or she and I, then that would keep them from feeling the negative stuff, not keep them from feeling the negative stuff, but help them move away from that negative into a more connective place where they wouldn't have to feel like they want to like get at the kid, get at the baby. I also wish with like bedtimes, because once we brought home Jonah, then I was like, okay, Caleb's on you. Like you do the bedtime. He walked in the door at six and then he was Dan's kid until eight. And I wish we would have alternated or I wish that I would have taken that time with Caleb every night and put him to bed. But I didn't know. I really didn't know that he needed that. Totally. I think that's super valid. And I think that's such a good tip for people is to say, okay, when I do have the time, instead of staying with the baby and sending the other child with the other caretaker or with the in-law or with the sitter or with the whomever else is around, you go with the older child and let the baby go with whomever because the baby's had you all day, right? Or, right. or probably a lot. And it's the older kids who really need us. So I think bedtime's a good one. Morning routine is a good one. Like breastfeed the baby, hand the baby off, spend the time with the, the older kid, you know, maybe having breakfast. Get a connection plan together. Let's link my connection plan. Yeah. I think that's good. Finding that different ways to connect, you know, all throughout the day and just thinking of it just with that older kid in mind. Like, what can I do in the morning to get connected to them? What can I do in the afternoon to get connected to them? And what can I do in the evening? And if special time is in the equation, that's amazing. And if it isn't, then you just find other things you can do until, you know, you have more time. Mm-hmm. I had a thought and now I lost it. I can't remember what I was going to say. That's okay. Oh, baby's um, crying. I feel like when your baby cries that, or at least I did, I don't know if all moms feel this way, but I felt like it had to be me. Like I'm the soother of the yeah. baby and I should have 
for Dan's sake, as the dad, I should have let him soothe the baby more so that yeah. they would have been more comfortable with him from day one, you know, because he needed that connection also. And I feel like I took that away yeah. from Dan. As mothers, I think we do that, though. You know, we feel like we're, especially if we're breastfeeding, like we're, we're, we're their sole support and survive. I mean, Esme wouldn't take a bottle. She Gosh, wouldn't take a yeah. bottle of breast milk. She wouldn't take a bottle of anything because I was so enmeshed with her. But I didn't, I thought, because I didn't have a good example of what a good parent was necessarily, I didn't know what else to do except for it to go 175% in. Yeah. And so I like control freak, like on the other end, I had to do everything. I had to do it all because I was going to make sure this child had everything they possibly could need. And it drove me to a place where I was completely and utterly exhausted and it was no good for her because she couldn't be soothed by anybody else. And in the long run, then when I had the second child, it set her up for, for major disappointment because I had done so much that Mm -hmm. she couldn't go with anyone else. And then I just kind of dropped her like a hot potato. Yeah. Like, oh, here, my dad, my, because my dad was our, you know, is our, always has been our nanny. I'd say, oh, here, dad. (laughs) Here, Jasmine. Good luck. We'll pick her up from preschool. Like, I can't be bothered because I'm over, because I'm depressed and I'm over exhausted and I can't take it anymore. And you just have to take over for me. But I didn't realize there was a little person hurting and all of that. Right. I had a really good friend say to me, you need to think of it like if you were gone tomorrow, if something happened to you, set your kids up so that they're going to be okay. Like they can go to other people for everything they can get from you. And I never with babies, I never did that because I couldn't have any tears. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. too. We don't want to see them upset. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Okay. So I think special time and listening to feelings are those are two big ones and just trying to find a plan to connect to that those older kids in your family and trying to find a support system too I think is huge with yeah. any baby coming into your house when you yeah when you have a new baby um I think it's it rocks your entire world and sleep becomes this thing that's like ever eluding you mm-hmm. and you feel almost tortured when you don't get the sleep but I would say try to find a way in which you can separate your duties with your partner if you have one or find a neighbor you can share time with where you can just go home and sleep I used to call my dad and say can you come over so I can just take a nap mm-hmm. and I had colicky babies and he would just be pacing the house oh my I was sleeping with earplugs in <laughs> what? that's a good one idea time I, one time I woke up and he is crying Aww. and the baby is crying and <laughs> he's like I can't get her to stop Aww. and I was like no me neither I, he's like what are we doing and I'm like I don't know neither of us know what we're doing what are we doing nobody knows oh my gosh and this like 65 year old man who never even raised us and, and me who's like, I have no idea what I'm doing and we're like the blind leading the blind such a good bonding moment though it, it's so it, sweet. but it's like you know just try to find your support where you can you're so right try to find your people and people offer know to come hold the baby let them hold the baby right yeah. and you know it, it's temporary even though it seems like it's forever it is mm-hmm. temporary I think it went way too fast no really I don't no. <laughs> I want them back <laughs> not the baby well, not a good if baby. If you don't have a good support system, I would say the Facebook community group is a great place to be. And it is way. really. Yeah. And just to feel heard and understood and all of that too. And if you have questions, please send them our way. If you have questions about being a new mom or about having a baby with new siblings and 
um, just let us know and always know that I am here as a coach and I do a six week course that Gemma took and that's really great. I do it for couples or individuals and I do it via zoom. So it's really available to anybody anywhere. And I think that course for people sets them on their path to really kind of understanding this methodology in its entirety. And you might not be perfect after that, but you have such a wealth of information to pull from that you probably didn't have before. And I can't say enough about that six week course. So if you're interested in that, find me, please. It's, it's, I think it's life changing. It was for me. I took that same course and it was life changing for me. It was the best time and money I ever spent. Agree. I fully agree with that. And the money was so hard for us to wrap our heads around, but now I'm like, I never even think about it ever. (laughs) All I I think about is what we gained. I was kind of like, how much is this lady? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, can you come? I hired her for another six weeks just because yeah. I was like, I need, I can't, you cannot go. Please don't go. Please don't go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I can't say enough about it. So if you're interested, please find me. Um, I'm at peaceandparentingla.com. I'll link that too. That yeah, great. Action plan on here. Yep. Um, and like us and subscribe yeah. and all that good stuff. All right. Thank you, Gemma. Yeah, thank you. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.